If you're an Android user looking for a way to not get eaten, well, I'm sure there's an app for that. But if you're an Android user looking for a way to listen to your podcast, you should check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Thousands of great reviews have been logged, which will tell you how great it is. So I don't have to do too much work here because uh, those people can tell you everything you'd possibly want to know. But it has uh, nearly a five-star score with those thousands of reviews. So you know it's a pretty quality product. Check it out, Podcast Republic on the Google Play Store. I also want to take two seconds here, uh, and not 20 minutes, as some of those reviewers have, have chided us for, which I still don't know what they're talking about. But we're about halfway to our newest Patreon stretch goal of brand new episode every single month for the $5 tier. So we're about halfway there right now. If that's something that interests you, sign up and uh, help us build a thing together. There's quite a few bonus episodes right now and all sorts of movies, several of them in studio. You got a Die Hard uh, coming up in September. You're getting a full-length in-studio episode of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So really excited about that. That'll be our Patreon episode for September, the original Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, because Face the Music comes out then. But if you'd like to hear that stuff, check it out, patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. I'll add a bonus goal right here now. I haven't talked this over with Andrew, so he might protest. But uh, if we get up three quarters of our goal in in August, which is our anniversary month of the podcast, uh, July was two years anniversary of the Patreon we're about to start our seventh year of doing this wow. podcast in August. And because August. of Corona times, I didn't even think about that, uh, that it's it's an anniversary month. Yeah. So let's say this. If we get uh, to $100 a month by the end of August, we will do a bonus commentary track for all Patreon users. Uh, live watch along of Stuart Gordon's Kid Safe the Video. The triaminic. Yeah. I <laughs> will tri- 100 100- I told you I watched it already, right? Like yeah, I skimmed through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Stuart Gordon directed a children's safety video in the 80s. We watched it a lot. We used to rent it from the library, like, a lot. More than two children should watch a safety video. More than two children should watch any PSA, I feel. But uh, if we get to 100 bucks a month uh, in August, we're at, like, 75 right now. So f- five people away. At the $5 level, basically, uh, we'll do a, a bonus commentary watch along of this Starring video. Starring Andrea Martin. Uh, and most of the cast of Second City and Kane Hodder, I believe, plays Jason in it, maybe. I think I think that is Kane. Yeah. Well, I think Andrea Martin's Second City herself. Yes, 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 she is. Uh, anyway, patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. And if you don't like these ads, just, you know, use the fast forward button. It's really like not that hard. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, as always, is a man who knows that if you must dispose of your alligator, the proper thing to do is to let it loose in the streets, not in the sewers. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And it's kind of like the uh, the anti-version of Finding Nemo. Yeah, it is. It is very much like that. Like in that one, it's a good thing to yeah. go to the sea also yeah just i'm sure everyone is old enough and mature enough to know that like it is a bad idea to flush animals down the toilet that are living because <laughs> yes, of course they are dead yeah it is, it is a grinding nemo is what sanitation workers <laughs> call that movie. yeah no you don't want to put a live animal down a toilet you probably shouldn't put a dead animal down a toilet either frankly uh send your goldfish you know, bury it in the backyard, throw it in the trash can. Don't flush it down the toilet. Not everyone this. is blessed with a backyard, though. I don't okay. have a backyard oh, right now. Okay, well, you could bag it and put it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, that's where it goes. What's wrong? But I, f- 
Never mind. It's, you shouldn't I, flush I, a goldfish down the toilet. It's I feel like a dead that. goldfish for... is is small enough that it's flushable. I'm just saying you're not supposed to flush things down the toilet except for human waste and toilet paper. That's it. That's the list. Anyway, we watched Alligator, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's the movie we were supposed to do in two weeks. Something's happening about the movie we were supposed to do in two weeks. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega powers, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. So I'm glad you referenced that. We did tweet about it and Facebook and post it on a Patreon and everything. This week was supposed to be Xanadu. Next episode was supposed to be Alligator. Because I thought, let's close out a season, start anew on a movie that feels like great in both of our wheelhouses. Uh, with this, this just felt very on brand for us. We obviously, it's been a long time since mm-hmm. we've done the Cindy Lauper thing, but like, you know, I like to do, you know, I, I thought about doing another, like last year we did the part five movie and part of me wanted to do like a part six, but then I was like, we just did a Friday the 13th. So I thought alligator seems like a lot of fun turning 40 years old. I've heard it called, uh, by, by many of folks on the internet as the best jaws ripoff ever made. And obviously everyone who listens to this show knows we love jaws. So, um, was really I think excited. Accurate, I think that's an accurate description. I've never seen Orca, or is it Orca? Yeah, I do. I do have a real soft spot for Orca. I've seen it. There is a particular sequence in Orca involving a pregnant whale that is just so insane to the point of just I cried laughing. I mean, I had had forty six beers, but I was just <laughs> hysterical over the way that they shot this particular scene. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time, so maybe Orca doesn't hold up. But this is super fun. This this particular yeah, I one. love this. Uh, I'll say it right here up top. It's available fully on YouTube. Uh, probably shouldn't be, but it is. So if you're the kind of person who's like, oh, I know I'm going to like this, you might want to go watch it first and then come back to this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that seems like a good way to go. But uh, So anyway, we sit down to record for what I think is Xanadu and what Andrew thinks is Alligator, and we're doing our like final checks before we launch this particular plane off the runway, and I'm like, okay, you got your thing, your mic's still hooked up, and you, I forget what you said. I said, I said, is it too lazy to just say um, animatronic gator? Yes, that's right. And I was like, what are you talking about? There's no animatronic gator in Xanadu. And it turned out, for the first time, we had uh, we had gotten our wires crossed. And uh, I watched Xanadu, which was the one on the schedule. And you watched Alligator, which was the next movie. So we had to do a little flip-flop here uh, on the schedule, which is fine. Uh, it's still the 40th anniversary of Gator. And it'll still be the 35th anniversary. Or is it 40 for Xanadu as well? It might be 40 for Xanadu as well. Um, uh, I will maybe. have that. I will have that fact for you when we record that episode, which is not the one we're doing now. Uh, But this is a giant alligator movie written by John Sayles, who also wrote uh, Piranha, which is another great Jaws ripoff. Okay. Which I just watched for the first time. I've seen the Piranha. I didn't realize they remade Piranha two times. I just found this out on Amazon Prime. There's a 90s remake of it and the 2000s era one by Alexander Aha or Aja. I'm not sure how you say it, but uh, I really like the 2000s one and I really like the original. 
Um, but this is John Sayles, who also wrote uh, a couple of things that people I'm sure are familiar with. Um, Eight Men Out, which is another 80s movie. Probably never going to be on this podcast, but you never know. Um, it looks like the 90s Prano is a TV movie because he has a credit for the original screenplay with that one as well. He obviously wrote the uh, 70s Piranha, um, Wild Thing, another 80s movie. Uh, whole, oh, The Howling is the other big one. Thank Jeez, oh, I was like, I know there's another big, big, big name here. So he also wrote The Howling. He's written a lot of great monster movies in The Howling, Alligator, and this. Yeah. I think what's really great about this, just to talk about at the top here, is... Wait, this, this is Alligator. Correct. You just said the Howling Alligator and this. Sorry, Howling Piranha and this. Uh, three great, uh, three really good monster movies. But I think the writing of this is really what sets it apart from so many of the so many of those other things. Is like the 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 script is pretty compact. It doesn't have a big scope. It's this you know Chicago can be a huge setting or it can be very small. And in this movie, it's played very small, so it's economical in that way. You have Robert Forster, who is just fabulous in this uh, in this role. I mean, I think he really makes this whole movie movie sing. And Robin Riker as his female counterpart female counterpart is also really great so th- those three things add up plus a great monster puppet so much practical. really good so, so good. much practical yeah uh, i was reading in the production that the robot kept breaking down and so they ended up doing a lot of the miniatures but i think some of the miniatures actually look pretty good oh i thought they were amazing especially when you think about do you remember uh we did the king is it king kong lives king kong with linda hamilton yeah no well the one on the podcast yeah, isn't that with Linda Hamilton? I don't remember Linda Hamilton. Maybe it is. I, my brain is mush. Anyway, I remember distinctly in that movie, there was a bunch of scenes where like Kong was eating alligators, and it was supposed to be Kong is so big, he's eating like a whole alligator, and it looks ridiculous. But they were li- clearly little baby alligators, which have a defined look. They, I think baby alligators are adorable. They, Yeah, they got the big eyes is what does it. <laughs> they yeah. have the Disney eyes. Yeah, humans, humans love a big eye. So that... I think is obvious in one of the miniatures here. There's very much like, oh, that's a baby alligator and it doesn't look right. But mostly they're they're pretty good. But we start off with just a wild scene. I like from scene one here, I was like, oh, I'm in. This is gonna be great for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the tagline for this movie is just fuck humans. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like that's pretty close. Let if, let animals animal. Yeah. Bruh. Yeah. Uh, we're at a we're at a gator farm show where we're they're Gatorland like, basically. Yeah, yeah. Did you Although ever I go wanna, there? I, I don't want to. No, I really wanted to. So wow. Bad. Okay, I was like, surely you went to some janky but gator. That's park. the problem. I never. I didn't have my car when I worked in Disney, right? Which is why right. I didn't do the Universal Pass. Which is why I didn't go to Hart. Like I didn't do stuff because yeah. I would have to like ask people for stuff. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I but just feel Gator like that would have been one of my one of my wishes. Yeah, that just feels like one, if you were living and working down there, at some point, like on a late night, somebody had been like, hey, you guys want to go to Gatorland tomorrow? And that would have been like, oh, hell yeah. And you all would have piled into somebody's car and gone to Gatorland. Mm-hmm. So they're watching this show. It's supposed to be alligator wrestling. It goes immediately horribly awry as this guy gets his leg bit. And then three other dudes come over and are like whacking this alligator with the stick. Yeah, it's and like, don't you hit that alligator. <laughs> you, like, I mean, this is... The alternative would be shooting it, so I guess no. This you is know better. what it should be? Be a man, die by alligator. <laughs> I 
I mean, that's a little extreme. No, don't you think? because they just killed it out. You know, they killed that alligator. Yeah, maybe. I mean, so I feel like, like here's my thing. Hi, I'm a human. I'm forcing this creature to wrestle me. If it bites me, as animals are wont to do, I will kill it. No, you lost. You lost that wrestling match, buddy. <laughs> Take it was, the L. It was, it was a loser leaves town, literally. And by leaves town, I mean leaves this mortal yeah, coil. It's a, it's a two men enter the swamp, one man leaves situation. <laughs> it's a Thunderdome. I don't, here's the it's problem. It's a thunder swamp. <laughs> here's the problem. I don't think the audience wants to watch that. Like... Maybe Sucks they suck. do. These are animals. <laughs> like, I don't know how much clearer to be with people, but like, animals are gonna animal, buddy. Yeah, this is true. That is true. Um, I'm gonna assume they didn't kill this gator after this. If you think this janky Chicago gator swamp, so I think this is. I think this is supposed to be Florida. That is my. That is my assumption. They don't. There's no Chiron or anything, but I assume it's not like a. Joe Exotic situation. Yeah, that's true. I think, I mean, Florida is, is, Florida's flush with gators. Yeah, yeah, and there's a gator farm. You turn on the hot water, you turn on the hot water for your bath (laughs) and a gator pops out. We have hot and cold running (laughs) Running gators. (laughs) Like a gator in a, a gator in a toque with a scarf on, like, ugh. Uh, yes, the one at Blizzard Beach. Yeah, he has a name. I think it's Allie. I think it's Allie Allie the Alligator, something like that? No, it's, I believe it's Ice Gator, like Ice, ice Gator. Gator. Yeah, yes. you're, that, there's the pun. My theme park podcast did a whole episode on it that I was just uh, re-listening to recently. That's the other one. I never went to, I've never been to any of the water parks, and um, I don't think I ever will for at least five years. <laughs> yeah, nope, that's not a good place to be. Uh, maybe after there's a vaccine. Um, anyway, but I love that this, so this guy's like, he's getting chomped. The gator's trying to do a roll on him. These other dudes are hitting the gator with the clubs and you have a precocious kid who's like, they just have to turn him on his back. He'll go peaceful. And I was like, is that true? Like, I know that's true about sharks, that if you do that, they go to sleep, but I've never heard that about gators before. I haven't either. Cause I also don't think gators sleep belly. Like, I, I feel like belly up is the, the, the universe, like Animal Kingdom universal sign of like this is you can kill me this way. Yeah, you know yeah. Because I, mean? I don't, I don't like. I don't think sharks sleep that way. No, but they just calm down. But I feel like a, a gator in the water. It seems so much easier to like, like because sharks are basically like tubes. Right. So you just flip it over. Right. But like gators have legs and and they're wide. Yes. To flip a gator feels like. Yeah, the whole design of the alligator from like an evolutionary standpoint. <laughs> exactly. It's like I do not want to be upside down. Up here, hard and tough. Down here, soft and squishy. This part stays down. I, I, my brain, like in my head canon now, it's like a southern. Like, you know how Midwest there's cow tipping? Right. I think in the south, in the deep south, in the panhandle, there's gator flipping. <laughs> they like, you y'all want to go gator flipping? They go out there with like a couple of hockey sticks and try to flip them over. <laughs> they get a big pink. They get a big pizza paddle <laughs> or a snow right shovel. Under. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. What are they doing with a snow shovel trip? <laughs> well, they get it for gator flipping. It's weirdly it has two perfect functions: it's the one gator scooping shovel. snow, two flipping gators. Now that's the deleted scene from Crawl that I missed. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> also a really fun movie which is on prime as well if you're looking it is for and some, on hulu gator I believe. Fun. yeah yeah if you're looking for some gator fun crawl is is excellent um 
But this also, so this girl follows up watching this man get chomped with her parents, like buying her an alligator. A baby gator, which I think were still kind of a thing when we were young, young. Oh, Clarissa from Clarissa Explains It All had one in the show. Oh, really? Yeah. So like I was. That was also filmed in Florida. Yes. No, it was. I was I I was just reading a book that was about like the early days of Nickelodeon. It wasn't that great. So I'm not going to recommend it to you. But the. to you being you or the listeners but they do i they did talk about the alligator and i was like oh that's right she had a baby pool with an alligator in it for like the first season and then it just like quietly went away like how big of a baby like a baby from this movie or like like i think it was more in the foot longish range i have no memory of there being a baby gator and clarissa explains it all yeah she had an so maybe i'm i could be totally wrong on the size no i you're she absolutely had uh, a baby alligator in a pool uh, in her bedroom because I remember thinking that was insane, both for a place to keep it, like in the house, and all also the place that uh, you know you sleep. <laughs> it seems like a, just a loose baby pool. Here's a uh, here's a picture of the gator. It looks I feel Damn, like in the foot long range sized gator. That's yeah. just a foot. It's it's out it's out of the like big eyed baby range. Although here's a picture of her with it, and it looks a little bit smaller than that. But yeah, she yeah, had a. I, I can't believe I don't remember the baby gator. Clarissa explains. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Okay, I found a better picture here. This is Clarissa and the gator in the same this is image. Fun for the audio medium of a podcast. Yes. Well, there it's about a foot long. Would you agree? Yeah. Totally. So she's got a baby pool. There's some sand in it. There's like a fake little castle, a couple of like a flat, like a beach flag or beach umbrella and a, um, and a, a palm tree for the gator. I can put this picture up there, but also, I mean, if you really are curious, you could Google it, but it's not that interesting. It's just that she had one is, is what I was getting at. Um, but we cut immediately from like she's got the skater. We're back in Chicago or what I assume to be Chicago again. There's nothing on screen and a weird transition to get back there. Yes, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about weird transitions? Wait till you watch Xanadu, my friend. Holy mackerel. But they immediately, the dad is like on the warpath and he flushes the gator down the toilet. I didn't understand why. Would Like we missed the 30 seconds of, you know, gator poop in the house or it got Didn't loose. do her homework, ate something, it, like ate the cat, you know, like there's just nothing well, and that's the thing. It is still a big-eyed baby. Like, it's not It's not a Clarissa Gator. No. It's not even, like, a teenage gator. It is still a Disney sidekick. Right. It's the size of a mouse, basically. And he just, like, plunks it into the toilet. And I was like, man, this is a really low-budget movie. I really hope they didn't throw a real alligator into a toilet and flush it, because that is not outside the bounds of possibility. Yeah, I wonder... <sighs> it would be way cheaper... To, like, have a toy one that you do this with, and I was just hoping, hoping. Well, or they could just have it, the like, just set it up so that it flushes and just goes down, like, doesn't actually connect to the sewer main. Yeah, they could have just made the flush noise. I just was, the I was imagining them trying to fish this alligator back out of the toilet. They have a, they have a green little net. <laughs> <laughs> this is unrelated, but I was just watching a video of how you catch lobsters in warm water places. And oh. you have you have a net. Do they come was, out already red, cooked? Like uh, they popping out of the shell. <laughs> they're they're just a different species. They don't have the pinchers. Oh, weird! Most of the time, when you get frozen lobster tails, they're not northern Maine Atlantic lobsters. 
they're because those have the bigger claws and stuff. They're actually the tails of this other species of lobster that you just really only eat the tail of. That's gonna oh, that's gonna be a weird looking lobster. It's got these long, thin, uh, or l- long, thick uh, antennae things in the front. Anyway, hmm. the point is, you have a net, and in the other hand, they give you what they call a tickle stick, and you like use it to pull it out. It has like a little bit of a curve at the end, and you kind of like stick it into a weird bit of coral. But I was just imagining them trying to tickle stick this gator out of the turlet <laughs> and being like, yeah, I got it. No, no problem. I got my tickle stick in my net. And I was just, now you put the tiny green net in my head. So he's got like the fishbowl cleaning <laughs> yeah, net he's and he's trying to, one. he's trying to tickle stick it in with a plunger handle or something. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 the gator goes down the toilet for reasons that the screenplay doesn't bother to tell us. And we immediately cut to Robert Forster who, People might know from uh, Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul as the guy who helps you disappear as the vacuum cleanser salesman. Hmm. Yeah, that this was one of the only my only com- my few complaints about the movie was that like a I didn't understand why the dad was so angry and b there was no follow up with a little girl like the mom says oh she's at the science fair yes and then you cut from this to Robert Redford and I was like. Forster, for whatever (laughs) different people pretty different people like what we should have done is cut to the adult because we meet the adult girl right it took me a a minute to be like is that supposed to be her i i didn't get it until about 45 minutes into the movie when she explicitly is like oh i had a pet gator as a child and i was like oh man yeah because they were like they they, i don't know that they say the little girl's name or if they do so yeah, they say they probably call her like Susie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we meet a a, a, herpet- a herpetologist who is referred to as Doctor Kendall, not a first name. So right. I was like, I think this is her. We needed but- a we we needed a couple of Chir- like a couple of Chirons takes this movie ten percent better. And All I we know, know is it's twelve years later. Right. Um, Wait, does, it, do we get that on screen? We I got totally 12 years that. later. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally I did, missed that. Because I did okay. the mental math. I was like, so she's in her mid-20s. Okay, I totally missed that part. Because I, I would I would venture a guess that the little girl's 13 at the oldest. Yeah, yeah, at least 10. Yeah, so she's in her early mid-20s, and somehow it becomes the world's foremost expert on reptiles. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're passionate about something since age 13, maybe... maybe That's like... A little young to be the world's leading expert. Well, I'm just saying, maybe she has a jump on it because she's like been passionate from childhood. So she's been studying this. If you started and were like actually a smart kid, you could be at the college level by high school and then be advancing. By the time you get to college, you're already. That's true. You know, like maybe she's publishing PhD level papers early. I don't know. You don't know. Just yeah, because but- we're not wonderkins doesn't mean they don't exist. But I feel like we could have used some kind of like what, what would have been nice. I'll, here's my here's my pitch. Andrew fixes the movie. Is and, you know, Dad flushes the thing down the toilet, the, the crock, the gator down the toilet. Yeah. The camera pushes into a family picture of Mom, Dad, and, and the little girl. Yeah. Pulls back out of that same picture, but this time it's in her office. Sure. Fine. And now, yeah. and now we know it is definitely that same little girl, and she's gonna be important later. Right. Uh, she is 11 years older or younger than Robert Forster in this movie. She was 28 at the time of filming. So that's a, that's just giving you a ballpark of the okay. 
leading herpetologist thing. She also, I did not do the research because like who could possibly care, but I believe that she's credited in the movie Brink, the Disney Channel original movie. about. She did a couple of Disney Channel original movies. Yeah, yeah. But I think she's Brink's mom. She's also the mom in Don't Look Under the Bed, which is one of my favorite spooky ones. Interesting. Okay. Well, anyway, Robert Forrester, who is excellent in this movie and is in general a very good character actor. And as we always say on the show, if you're going to make a low budget movie, you put some heavy hitter character actors in there. And this Mm. movie, this movie put one in the lead in Forrester. And they also put, uh, I don't know how you say his last name, Dean Jagger, Jagger, uh, very well known uh, character actor as well. He plays uh, a, a man I dubbed Mr. Six because that's what he looks like. The guy from the Six Flags ads. But we will get to him in a minute. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I was like, Mr. Six, that's some Bond reference? Yes. No. We'll get to him. We'll get to him. He was like, I think that was actually a young person in, in a lot of makeup. Oh, for sure it was. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Robert Forster is at this pet shop and the pet store owner is very bald and he immediately like starts talking to Robert Forster about his male pattern baldness. And I'm like, what? I did not under this joke was not funny to me. And it's right. a running gag. Well, turns out <laughs> Robert, I was I was curious. So I was looking this up and on the this is in the IMDb trivia, which I was going to get to later. But we'll just talk about now. Uh, Robert Forrester apparently like ad libbed a joke about his hairline because I think he probably felt a little, I mean, maybe he felt a little uncomfortable with the age discrepancy between himself and Robin Riker or whatever. Maybe it's just in that mood about his hair, but he made a joke about it. And John sales was like, Oh, that's really funny. Can I put some more of those in the script? And he was like, yeah, I don't care. I'm obviously balding. <laughs> like, look at my head. Um, so I he just I went just, and added them. I don't know if it's just like a personal thing, but I was like, this isn't fun. Like why? This doesn't belong. Well, the pet store guy is like giving him genuine advice. He's like, just so you know, like you look like how I did when that, when this started and it was all downhill for me after that. But the other ones are like the other ones are the woman kind of being playful about it, which I, I didn't quite like. And all of his police coworkers being like, you got to put, you know, Rogaine on it and sweep it to the side. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. This is yeah. a giant gator movie. Everybody has a lot to say about Robert Forster's hairline. The pet shop feels like a creepy old gay guy. Yes, he does. There's like something. It's just it feels uncomfortable. I, the the whole thing is uncomfortable. But I think that's partially good Purposeful. acting. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the guy is nervous. He knows Forrester's a cop and he's he's concerned because he's doing illegal things. So I, I'm with you. It does feel off. But it, and it, the, the bigger takeaway for me is that it's weird that Robert Forrester isn't like, oh, man, like this is weird, huh? I mean, maybe he's just not a good cop. He seems to be one, though, in the rest of the movie. I, I mean, so it seems like the u- movie universe does not think he's a good cop, but Robert Forrester and his chief think he's a good cop. I don't know. I mean, he like the the bomb thing he does real good with. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. get there. Anyway, I feel like the movie doesn't think he's a good cop because the mayor like wants the good cop off of the alligator case because it's hurting his chances of reelection. Oh, that's true. Real Mayor Vaughn situation. Can you imagine if there was big pharma in Jaws? Like, <laughs> like can I you honestly, imagine if that was a subplot of Jaws? I honestly am stunned that there isn't a, a big pharma subplot in one of the like later Jaws sequels. Honestly. Like they took it back. They're like, oh, we see that. Yeah, Yoink. exactly. Jaws 4 has like a big pharma angle or something. And it's just a shark lobbying Congress. Right. <laughs> He's got a little suit on. 
Congressmen and women, I come before you today to talk of the sea. <laughs> he has little pince-nez on his Yes, his yeah. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. And, like, a lot of papers he's shuffling very carefully. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I may look like a fearsome villain, but what I actually am is a miracle of evolution. I like that your human shark is just Danny DeVito's penguin. <laughs> Well, I was trying to go piratey with it, but I didn't feel right after the first one. So I was I was workshopping the character. <laughs> no, I like it. I thought it was funny that that's where your mind went. There's a there's a human to be shark fair, in the new Harley Quinn TV show that I started binging because it's available on HBO Max, and he's I think he's just he's I think it's a black guy. Yeah, he's just like a regular. He's just like an every everyday guy. I I feel like the Day Individuo Penguin wanted to be a shark man. It's got the sharp teeth, which penguins do not have. They have beaks, though. Right, but he has fangy shark teeth. No, I think they're just like nasty teeth. I don't think they're... I feel like they were little points. Were they points? I know he was... There's the scene where he's eating the smoked salmon. The raw... Well, it's supposed to be raw, but it's smoked salmon. Yeah, he and he's like spitting that black goop out all the time. Yeah, you're right. They're just nasty. I remember them being points. It's because he bit that guy's nose off. Yeah, yeah. He bites that guy's nose. Man, they made an action figure of it, and it is terrifying. Uh, Anyway. Wait, like like a a NECA or a a spawn? Yeah, yeah, a NECA NECA, probably. I don't know the Oh, you know what? I have seen it. It is NECA. Uh, Anyway, back to the movie. Um, The police find a limb in the water, um, and they're they're getting Robert Forrester to, to... look over this and i love the dialogue here between the uh guy from the coroner's office and robert forster where he's like well i guess you're gonna try to do uh, identification and the guy's like yeah we'll, we'll be fine we should be able to do it and he's like really and he's like yeah we uh we did a whole we did a whole uh we identified a guy just from a big toe once had a funeral and everything and robert <laughs> forster says must have been a small coffin <laughs> And it's like, this is less than 20 minutes into the movie. You're like, oh, I am where I want to be with this. Yeah, I'm down. I, I like the jokes in this movie. I just, it was the, the hairline jokes. That I was like, this doesn't feel. No, I'm with you on the hairline thing. Um, there's also a giant dog that they found. And then this woman is identifying the dog. She had this rare breed that went missing. And so the, the breed they found is that dog. And she's like. I swear that's my Lhasa Apso. He has all the right markings and, and all the things, but he, he's too big. He used to fit in this sweater. And she holds up like, you know, a Chihuahua sized sweater and the dog in the thing is like a Great Dane. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's weird. And then this is when we cut to the pharmaceutical company we, we alluded to earlier. And we learned that the, oh, because we see the pet shop owner stealing dogs off the street. Right. And then, and, he, and earlier, Robert Forster had said that someone stole his dog. Yes, and he's selling them to this pharmaceutical company for research, right? Purposes. And I was like, "This is where I just was like, you know what? I am really excited to watch this alligator eat shitty people for ninety minutes." Yeah, absolutely. Which he doesn't quite do enough of. Like this scientist needs to get got. Yeah, that pissed me off because the scientist, the scientist is the son-in-law, right? Right. Did didn't like that he didn't get a comeuppance. Yeah, I wanted I, him to get a chomp chomp. Yeah, yeah, I, that that is my one quibble is there should have been more uh, bad guys getting it in this. Um, but we go from the science lab to the pet store guy dumping the dead. So I guess the deal is like 
I'll bring you dogs. You do experiments and kill them, and then I will collect the dog corpses and dispose of them for you. I don't understand why he has acquired both of these odd jobs. Like, <laughs> It's got to be good pay. The second one must pay a lot more than the first, because like you have to go into the sewer. Yeah. Well, they're paying him through a slush fund, so... Right, whatever that means. That's that's a real that's... Uh, Seinfeld-esque, like, well, they know what it means, and they're the ones you know, deal, you know, writing, writing it, it off. off. I was going to say it's a real... It's not the Koch brothers. Who are the, the ones from the movie? Oh, the, uh, the guys in Trading Places? Yeah. Yeah, the the Duke brothers. The du- It's a real Duke brothers phrase from, like, I know that's a thing, but I right. am too stupid to tell you what it means. Right, right. The pet store guy is down in the sewer dumping this dog body, and he throws it a pretty good distance down where it lands on concrete. And I do have to dock the movie some points for not having any level of bag of soup here because it should have splatted. It was like 25 feet that it falls. Was that? I thought it was more like a 12. I mean, if you dropped a dog corpse, I don't want to get too graphic here, but if you dropped a dog corpse. The dog's dead, so it's not the blood isn't pumping. But it's been experimented on, so it's, like, opened, probably. Mm, you're right. There's open. Yeah. I'm just saying. Logistically, I feel like there should be. But here's the other thing that I find really bizarre about this movie, because I was, I was like, so excited about this part. So he's, he climbs down the railing, and he's, like, carefully nudging the dog into the water. And behind him is a small tunnel with objects in it. But from where we're looking at it as the audience, I thought it was the gator in the tunnel. Did you? I did too. Okay. So I was like, oh man, this rules. Like he's going to back up and the gator's just going to get him ass first. This is going to be great. And then it turns out it's like a sewer grate that fell over and the, and the guy's trying to like push the dog past the grate so it gets out into the system better or it's something. It's so weird. But they do this same shot twice where it still looks like even the second time I was like, all right, I know that's not the gator, but it looks like a gator. Put the gator in there. It's very, I think it's because it's very dark down here. Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't do much light except for the flashlights really in mm-hmm. the later scenes. And here there's no flashlight. But he uh he's the first person to get it from the gator and it's okay, but it cuts away very quickly. Well, I think it's a it's a Chrissy. It's a Chrissy Watkins. It's it's a it's a yeah. whistle. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. I didn't need to see like the gator necessarily, but this guy could have seen like scream a little more and like disappear. A cr- more of a crunch. Yeah, yeah. Break some celery, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a really great TikTok account. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a guy who does Foley. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really great because a lot of times he'll be, he'll be like, say, it'll be like text in the beginning. It's like, close your eyes and, and, then t- and then comment what you hear. And it'll be like, I, this is supposed to be the the sound of, like, a, the crackle of a, of a record. And it's just sand. Huh. It's like really it, the cool. It's really cool stuff. Foley Foley work is like one of, one of my like secret uh, loves. Bro- breaking bones is almost always somebody taking an entire head of celery and breaking it. Hmm. Um. My the other one I always think of is stab sounds is almost always a knife and a watermelon. Yeah. Well, there's different melons they'll use. Yeah. Depending. So anyway, he gets eaten, and we go from that to oh, we found we found more body parts in the sewer tunnels, and then Robert Forrester is there, you know, walking around, 
And this guy fishes with a long pole, a Hawaiian shirt out. And he's like, oh, that looks like the pet shop guy's shirt. And then it occurred to me, it didn't at first, but it occurred to me at this point, I was like, it's just like chubby bad guy always in a Hawaiian shirt in movies. Like, why is that the the default? Because that's what Nedry wears, too. Yeah, it's Jurassic Park. Although he was dressed as, um, as Chunk. Oh, yeah, he is basically wearing Chunk's outfit. That, well, someone showed me that apparently, I, th- I thought it was you who sent me that, that Nedry's outfits are all inspired by the Goonies. Yeah, basically. I don't know if that was conscious or not, but it certainly looks it. So at this point, Foster goes and interrogates this evil scientist about, you know, what's going on. And this is where I was like, fuck humans, man. Because he's like, oh, your dogs are well behaved. He's like, oh, we cut the larynx when they get here. And I was like, you can go to hell. You yeah. can eat shit. Yeah. I mean, they're going to kill the dogs anyway. So like... I- it's it's bad all the way down, you know. The, I don't know that the larynx is particularly worse than the other things they're doing to the dogs. It's all bad. But this is the first of two times this guy gets interrogated by police, and his attitude is like, "I don't have time for this. I'm busy." And I'm, I'm like, always you're not just... an extra on Law and Order, buddy. <laughs> right? Like, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to be busy. We're the police. Well, it's like that movie trope of like moms in movies can be like, "Get out of my house, police. Your yeah. investigation is over." And people right. Are like, Okay, ma'am. Yeah, sorry to bother you. He also said this. This also pissed me off because um, Robert Forrester heavily implies, like, "Hey, I know you guys are stealing animals, and it's illegal." Yeah, and the guy's like, "Oh no, all of our animal testing is heavily regulated through the SPC or something, and it's all you know regulated." Probably and I was the like, FDA. Oh, that means that there's got to be a paper trail about all of your animals, and I want to see it. Right. Like, a good cop would be like, oh, so you wouldn't mind showing me those, because... Yeah, I you're correct, but in the point where he's a homicide detective working on a homicide, I don't know that he is going to, like, worry himself with illegal animal testing. Yeah, but if it's a link to the dead body... Right, right. Yeah, I like, mean, that, yeah, that would make sense. This scientist is either doing so many experiments, he needs his legal supply plus the illegal supply. Right. Or he's just doing the illegal supply, which feels like that would make sense. Right, right. And then his uh, father, future father-in-law, we learn, Six Flags Man. Mr. Six. He has a name. Says, he's like, oh, the, it's the second time these reporters have come around trying to ruin our image. And I was like... I don't think it counts as ruining your image if it's the truth. Like, ruining your image is lying about you. Right. Well, you know, he's one of these guys where it's like, I'm doing something that I have chosen to do, and therefore everyone is out to get me. Yeah, I was like, you you do shitty things to stolen animals. Like, that's right. a, it's a true fact. You also creep out everybody on Earth when you dance in front of your bus. That's true. I forgot about the bus. Is that, Is he still like a mascot for them? No, I don't think so. He actually, no, he definitely isn't because he got phased out when uh, Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington football team, uh, got on the board of Six Flags and started making decisions about their their company. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a weird jump. Yep. That He is also the man behind the reason why Six Flags started selling mattresses because the official mattress dealer of the Washington football team uh, gave him a good deal. So they put in mattress stores in the Six Flags because, you know, when you're, you're at a me. theme park, the thing you want more than anything is to buy the official mattress of the Washington football team. 
Didn't they? I thought is that what? Is it, what is their new name? Didn't they come? Didn't they say they it were is gonna... literally the Washington Football Team because a lawyer in Atlanta has trademarked all the names they wanted to use for years now. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yes. So they don't have a name. They are the Washington Football Team. Also, credit to Podcast the Ride where all of that information comes from. It's very good podcast. That actually might be on their Patreon, but it is a good podcast. There's this weird reporter who, for some reason, hates. Our like lead cop Robert Forster, right? And it's never explained why. He's a Scoopy McScooperson, which is a very broad reporter stereotype trope that's in a lot of movies. Of like, they know too much information, and they're you know really hard nosed, and they're kind of pushing this person's buttons. And I always hate it. <laughs> like I just always hate it. Well, I'm fine. I, I'm usually when I see that, it would be the reporter would be taking on the pharmaceutical company, right? No, in this case, it's they have this whole press conference about the 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 you know the the bodies and the, you know, is there a murder on the loose and blah blah blah, and it ends with this reporter being like, um, so it's interesting that these all seem to be knife based killings, and your old partner was killed with a knife, and he's like, my old partner was shot. I don't know what you're talking about, and it's like, oh, so you do admit that he's dead, and it's like, yeah, that's not. <laughs> What? Like you didn't gotcha him? It's, it's honestly, just, Joan. This feels like gotcha journalism. It's just like, what is the reaction you're hoping for? Like, yes, his partner is dead. Are you accusing him of murdering him? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I just, I think it's because I didn't. It, it felt misplaced. Like I'm so used to the reporters trying to take down the pharma company or something that it felt right, weird that he right. was aimed at this cop. Who's just seems right. like he he's not like a local hero. He's not like keys to no. the city. Walk down the street, everyone's like throwing him apples from the fruit stand. Like right, he's right. just a guy. He's not and a I, Rocky Balboa. Thank that yeah. And I was like, that's why it felt weird to me that this reporter for some reason was like, I don't like you. Like I wanted it, I wanted there to be like, you I got a speeding ticket. Yeah. Like you pulled me over. Like yes. I needed it could be petty, but I needed something. He acts like he's both Tango and Cash in one guy. He acts yes. like he's Tash. Mm-hmm. And and his reporter acts like he's both Woodward and Bernstein. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Meryl Streep in the Post. Yeah. <laughs> right, she was in the Post, right? I don't know. I never saw it. That's that's the worst era of Spielberg to me. Like. I can't even be bothered. I'm sorry. That was got, like four years ago. So yes, this like current is, Spielberg. Yes, current Spielberg is so mom, but movie boring, like book club movie bullshit. Go make fun shit again, Jesus. Well, he's so apparently he is just like capital Y, capital D, your dad. He's making a West Side Story movie. Steven Spielberg, of all the choices one could make to make the man who could make a movie about anything could cash any check any original idea anything is remaking a musical that's been remade what six times west side stories only there's only been one actual west side story right but there's like how many versions of it it's already a remake of romeo and juliet like come on steve it's a musical about white people versus latinx people which feels like let's not get let's I just let's I, not get Steven Spielberg for that. I and like I don't really want him to make Indiana Jones five either, but he left that because of conflict with West Side Story, and I'm just like, what are we doing here, bud? Yeah, what is it about that story that you're gonna put such an interesting angle on? Just go watch the old one; it's still in color. You weird nerds. Maybe he's maybe it's like a like the first mu- movie he saw or something. 
I don't know. It can't, I mean, it, logistically, that seems impossible based on the timeline. I just, I, his whole current era sucks to me. And like, Ready Player One was the one where you're like, oh, is it going to be, is the magic going to be back? And it's just like, no, no. that movie sucks. That was the Ron Howard of Steven Spielberg movies. That we are in a very Ron Howard period for Spielberg. This is his but, Ron Howard period extended. So, I was listening to this podcast talk about. They're like, we went to see you know John Williams uh, live at the Hollywood Bowl, which apparently he does every year. Yeah, and he was like, he finally got Steven Spielberg to show up for for one of them, and everyone was like, oh shit! Like Steven Spielberg came out on stage to be like. Here's, you know, I I was asked what I would want to, you know, play, da 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 and everyone's like, it's gonna, is it gonna be Jaws or Jurassic Park? Like, which is it gonna be? And he's like, and here's the inaugural suite from Lincoln, and everyone was like, God, what? <laughs> and they're which like, I'm sure is a good piece of music, but come on, they're like, it's just your dad being like, I don't think people appreciate Lincoln enough. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, this, okay. This is, we're down a rabbit hole on Spielberg and probably should have saved this for one of his movies. But I feel like there's a, a documentary that was followed, there was a documentary crew that was following him when the awards were being announced for Jaws. And people were like, you're going to get nominated for Best Director. This is amazing. And he didn't. And I feel like from that moment, it changed his whole career trajectory because he started trying to make a different kind of movie. And he had some success through with it through the 80s and stuff. But then 93, you get Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year, which is bonkers. The like, craziest year. He makes both those movies at the same time, makes the one of the biggest blockbusters ever in Jurassic Park, and this hugely renowned, culturally important movie in Schindler's List, Schindler's List which I fully acknowledge is like an important piece of filmmaking and i think it's great the way that he has worked to pursue preserve jewish heritage all that stuff is great wonderful but ever since 93 he's ba- like other than the weird aberrations like every once in a while he dips his toe back into magic and wonder but it's like i am a serious filmmaker capital s capital f and i don't have fun anymore and i just miss the fun what what fun like dip your toe in movies can you think of offhand so jurassic uh jurassic Park 2 is called Lost World, not Jurassic World. World. Yeah, there's that. There's Ready Player One, which I don't think they're very good, but that's just like he occasionally like deigns to be fun again. And then otherwise, uh, he just is making movies for your mom. Not necessarily our mom. Also, I want to be clear. your dad. Right. Like, I just... He is the man... He's the same man who, when presented with the opportunity to to introduce... To, like, not... To, like give a little speech about the two most iconic pieces of film music in history, decided it's going to be the inaugural speech from Lincoln. Yeah, or E.T. would have been a good pick in the one that you're just in the situation you're describing. Yeah, that's true. Indiana Jones, also a great pick. The Close Encounters music is great. So here are the other dip your toe into the fun of the modern era Spielberg, which I again, I should have saved this for a Spielberg episode, but that's fine. Catch Me If You Can in 02 is definitely a fun movie that he... And I, I like that movie. That's Spielberg? Mm-hmm. Huh. He does War of the Worlds, which is a fun movie, but is very, very serious and also stars Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, The Adventures of Tintin in 2011, which also the same year as War Horse. And then Did you he have, do Hugo? No, that that's that's uh, uh, Scorsese. Mm-hmm. But after after Tintin, it's War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, the BFG, which I would argue probably goes into my dip your toe into the fun world but that movie stinks I, post, I, I can't imagine that movie is good at all ready player one and then west side story steven also, what are you I doing s- i still don't understand why there's a warhorse movie 
Because the impressive thing about Warhorse the play was the giant horse puppet. Right. It wasn't the story. Right. It's like King Kong the musical. No one gave it, like, no one can sing you two bars from King Kong the musical. Right. What can they tell you? The fucking gorilla animatronic and puppet were amazing. Right. Anyway, it's hard to not talk about Spielberg when the, probably the best monster movie maker of all time uh, in terms of box office and audience love when you're talking about giant monster movies. Yes. So Jurassic Park and Jaws, I got to think, are one and two on almost everybody's list of this this blockbuster, summer blockbuster genre. But I'm talking about giant monster movies. Oh, yes. The, the T-Rex might not have been supersized, but it is a giant monster. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're back at the police station. Robert Forster. We get a star wipe. We do get a star wipe. Which is, I I have been saying star wipe in my like daily life as for years now. It's like, I'm leaving this conversation. Right. Star wipe. Right. Star Wars actually uses star wipes. No, they use, they are rounds. There's no actual stars. Oh, okay. It is literally the shape of a star in and out. Yeah. And I was like... <gasps> Boy, I can't for, wait for you to watch Xanadu, my dude. The transitions alone. 20 minute. Wait, uh, stay tuned in two weeks for a 20 minute discussion on film transitions of the movie Xanadu. And if anyone has a pair of si- men's nine, nine and a half roller skates, they, they don't want anymore. Let me know. I'll take them. <laughs> We're back at the police station with Robert Forrester, and he recruits Dollar Store Billy Zabka. To go with him and invest. Oh, he stewards. is Dollar Store Billy Zabka. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, I mean, it's not that expensive to book a Billy Zabka in 1980. Although I guess 1980 is pretty young Billy Zabka, but this guy, this guy looks a lot like him. And the sergeant also comments on his hair here, and this is the one who's like, uh, he. But the, the this I do like because he asks who cuts his hair, and Robert Forrester says me. <laughs> And that, that's why this guy's like, go to a go to a salon and let them cut it and they can you know, move it around and cover up your bald spot a little. Again, I'm just like, this is a weird choice for my giant gator movie. It almost seems like they're worried that he's single and older. Like everybody's kind of looking out for him like, oh, you're, you know, you just got to put a little effort into yourself, buddy. Maybe. Uh, but this guy comes bursting into the, the police station with a... a ticking clock on his chest and he's threatening them with a bomb and the, the, you know, the, the, he's going to blow them all up. And Forrester just basically shuts this situation down. He has Billy Zapka grab the guy he like and then he negs him. He's yes. like, what you're going to blow. He's basically a Gen Zer where they're like, Oh, death, whatever, man. <laughs> he's like, okay, boomer, but not that way. It means the guy blowing up. <laughs> yes. And he Again, walks this away. was another very weird scene where I was like, what's ha- this is a giant gator movie. Did everyone forget? This scene is to make you think like, oh, Robert Forster is like a super cool cop because he very calmly like Zabka, fake Billy Zabka grabs this guy and then Forster is like finding the wires. He's like, look for this kind of switch. And the guy finds it and turns the switch off. And then he figures out how to disarm this thing. And then it's like, oh, it's just a clock radio. <laughs> but later it's not. No, later, later- it is. A- no, later he gets dynamite from a different case and puts them together. So you, he knows how to turn an actual clock radio into an actual clock countdown clock? He knows how to make a bomb, yes. I okay. assumed this was a bomb without an explosive attached to it, and he just added the explosive. Oh, I thought this guy was crazy and just taped Well, there, a- there's all kinds of wires on it, though. So maybe, maybe it was just, like, almost a bomb. Maybe. Yeah, again, I was like, this is so, like... 
This is a giant gator movie. Right. Did we all forget about the gator? <laughs> Where's the gator? Like, I... Like, if I was a studio exec, I'd be chomping my cigar like, there's no gator. Where's the gator? Well, I do have to remind you, Jaws, you don't see the shark for a very long time. Yeah, but there's not a scene of Chief Brody arresting some dude for drunken disorderly conduct. I mean, there is literally like, a there's scene. No, there's no there's... dude kicks open the door as to the autopsy room and is like, I killed Chris Watkins and I'm going to blow you guys up. Like, that didn't happen. But there is a scene where Chief Brody makes faces at his child, and there is a scene where Chief Brody drinks a whole bottle of wine in a pint glass. Like there is a lot yeah, of but character. No, the pint glass is is a dis- is establishing relationship between him and Dreyfus. Well, again, I, I I agree with you. I'm not saying this movie is as good as Jaws, but I do think some of this stuff that you hate is building the Robert Forster character and making you like him more. Maybe. Anyway, we're searching the sewer. Like, I want the I want the gator in a trench coat and a fedora in the background. <laughs> Doing a ninja turtle. Yeah, like like has a cigarette. Anybody got any fish? Got a little cigarette in his mouth. I'm hearing like Jessica Rabbit, like femme like femme fatale music. You want femme fataligator? I a hundred percent. I have nothing but time for a femme fataligator. <laughs> if anyone's an artist, I want to see that. <laughs> Um, they do like the hat covers one eye. And he's like, <laughs> "I need your help finding a missing person," and he vomits up a hand. He's like, "The rest of him." <laughs> they do refer to the alligator several times on IMDb and elsewhere as Ramon, which I think is like kind of like the Bruce nickname. Of- I think it is, yeah. But they seem to think that they call him Ramon in the movie. Did you catch that? I did not at all. So she named him Ramon. Oh, okay. I'm pretty okay. sure. I want to say she named him Ramon or. Okay. That makes more sense. Her like pet gator was Ramon. Yeah. I'm okay. pretty sure. Well, anyway, we're in the, we're in the sewer and Blondie goes missing and Forrester's like calling out to him. And then there's the gator POV shot, but it's actually Blondie grabbing Robert Forrester's ass, which is like, <laughs> yeah, I'm weird energy for, a, for these cops, huh? Who aren't partners. No, not, like no, it's, it's Robert Forrester's like, Hey, I need to go into the sewer to find this. To, like, see what's going on, and no one wants to work with him, which right. I guess because they think he killed... I don't know, man. Yeah, it does. Th- I think everyone's just like, I don't want to go in the sewer, <laughs> is the real yeah. deal. But so this is... I was, I was complaining earlier about how stupid IMDb trivia is, which is like, I rarely check it for the show just because it hardly ever has anything useful, but this is one of the most egregiously stupid ones. There's a shot here where the two of them are looking around the sewer and one of their flashlight beams kind of illuminates behind this them. I love shot. No, it's awesome. But it, they it reminded me there's a there's a scene in Crawl just like it. Mhm. Mhm. It's also like straight out of Halloween, any slasher movie. It's like, "Oh, the killer's right behind you." So they're he like, like he like ho- he's holding his flashlight and then he like tucks it under his arm so that mm-hmm. the beam is behind him and the audience can see right behind them is the giant gator. It's great. Like, it's a super cool shot. And then, like, he moves it and the gator's gone. This is listed in the IMDb trivia under spoilers as, like, did you know that when he puts it under for a split second, the audience is there? (laughs) Yeah, because I watched the movie. What? This isn't trivia. What? I fucking love when trivia becomes a plot point. And and the other problem with IMDb trivia of late is, like, 50% of it is, like, did you know that so-and-so was in a Marvel movie? That's not trivia. That's not trivia. That's not in any way, shape, or form trivia. 
Yeah, it gets really annoying when you go through and it'll be like, Harley Quinn's drinking a margarita, which is very common with her tacos. I'm like, yeah, I watched the movie. <laughs> it's like, that again, unless it's like a, a Joker-rita, like, that's not helpful. Yeah. So we get a real deep blue sea situation where the water is not deep enough to hide what they're alleging is a giant killer crocodile. Right, right. So I don't know where he's hiding. He he's very very dark in color and there's no light. So I imagine he can hide in less water than you would think, but that's stretching it. That's fair. He shoots the gator a whole bunch down a further tunnel and then they flee and they're climbing up. This is this is literally a scene they stole for Jurassic World 2, the first one. No, the second one where they go back to the island. Yeah, yeah. They're climbing up this tunnel and the gator's underneath. And unlike Jurassic World 2, they don't both get out. The gator chumps Blondie and just drags because him down. Because Blondie's an idiot. Yeah, he is. He doesn't scrunch his little... He lets his little legs dangle. Well, okay. I do have a little... Like, Robert Forster could have scooched over a little bit and they both could have hung on the top couple of rungs. Or they, or he could just crawl his legs up and do a weird pose for a minute. Yeah. I mean, I assume the gator wasn't going to go anywhere, so they because Detective both Pikachu out. in the Jurassic World movie he he climbs back up. <laughs> he does climb back up, but they Which climb up a, like next to each other. Movie. No, it is fun. It is fun. Uh, what's his name? Rafe Rafe Spall as the bad guy is quite nice in Detective Pikachu. Yeah, isn't isn't he Bill Nighy's underling? Oh, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was I was real mad. That he, he, I was like, you let yourself get, you didn't want to, you didn't want to keep your legs. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not doing a great job here, but also, I mean, it's kind of terrifying. Also, here's a question. You see a large green reptile. What does your brain say? Alligator? I think mine says croc before it says alligator. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't live, I mean, I just know crocodiles are not in America. Oh, really? Yeah. Gators are American. Didn't know that. I mean, they're not American, but you can find them. <laughs> Gators vote, man. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you gotta watch out for that gator vote. No, it's like, but uh, I remember the that third th- political party. Gator. <laughs> God, I wish, I wish that there was one of these things just willy nilly through the halls of Congress, just going through Congress. Yeah, exactly. Tail. Yeah. God, that would be a delight. Um, you can remember because they both have an A. If oh, you're in America, okay. it's an alligator. Huh. Interesting. Okay. I was curious because like, I was like, my brain says crocodile before it says alligator. Should you find yourself in a, in a place where you need that information, you can remember. Not in Gatorland. Yes. <laughs> so he's at the hospital because there was another weird ass transition. And they're like, hey, you've been talking about alligators in the sewers. So you should probably stay for some observation. And he, as he's going to leave, the reporter pops in the room and is like, Oh, hey there, shit for brains. <laughs> yes. And I was like, how did you know he was here? <laughs> uh, he's also in the hospital room with the chief of police who's played by Michael V. Gazzo, who people probably know as um, Frank Pe- Pe- Pentengill. Yeah, Pen- Pentengill from uh, Godfather Part Two. But he has the, he's got the, the sentient crazy- eyebrows. Yes, his eyebrows. He looks like an emperor. A macaroni penguin. Yeah, he is really wild with the eyebrows. But I, I, he's a very. This is another example of like get some character actors in your cheap movie. Get Clint Howard. Yeah, exactly. You add so much production value with a guy with a Michael Gazzo, like your Gazo. I'm not how, sure how you say it, but you add so much production value this way. Like he adds. He's 
one great to watch two has great chemistry with all the people he's on screen with and three is a perfect casting as that overworked miserable police chief this is just great he adds so much to this movie mm-hmm. and he cannot possibly cost that much i'm sorry like he did get nominated for an academy award for godfather part two but that was eight years before like he's gonna be in gator like it's fine yeah uh so the 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 shithead reporter is like trying to get his get quotes for a story or something mm-hmm. he's like what's this i hear about a gator in the sewers you lost another partner god i hate you <laughs> and i'm like did he cheat on your sister yeah like you know what it should have been his his brother should have been his partner in st louis that would make so much sense and now i and then i'm like oh i get why mm-hmm. there's a vendetta because i'm like he's like sort because robert forster's relatively new in town because he's they're in chicago and they keep talking about his partner in st louis right it's also insane to me because spoiler alert this reporter character is out of the movie in another five four minutes. minutes yeah like it's so weird that they hammer on this subplot only for him to get really gruesomely eaten yeah uh because the, the the reporter there's a world of hipaa violations where he's, yes where the nurse is like, oh, I can't tell you. Well, I can tell you that he was talking. He was on medication. He was on different medication, and he talked about it. A, a alligator in the sewers, and then we let him go. And here's his house number and the social security number. And I was like, ma'am, <laughs> I will say HIPAA. I will HIPAA. say. I will say. As a reporter, uh, I have had situation back in the day. Uh, there was a person who was in a very serious automobile accident, and I did definitely sweet talk a nurse into giving me a status update on someone that she should not have. Uh, it was not as detailed as this, but it was just like, can you? There's can a you- difference between saying someone's alive. And, yes, and yes. Let me tell you details. About <laughs> yes, this agreed, agreed, agreed. But I was like, hey, off the record, can you tell me if they're in stable condition? And I won't put it unless I verify it with someone else. And then she was like. They are currently listed in critical but stable. And I was like, great. And then I called the police and I was like, I have this. Is this true? But <laughs> but, but yes, yeah, so I'm just saying sometimes it's beneficial to give a reporter a little bit of info. But in this case, it's buck wild how much she tells this guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm a medical receptionist. So like my whole world is HIPAA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we also kind of skip past. But at, at one point we uh, is it Robin Baker? Robin Riker. Robin Riker. There's a <laughs> there's a wrestler named Britt Baker, and my brain keeps wanting to say Britt Baker, and I'm like, that's not <laughs> it. Um, they go to Robin Riker and they talk about this giant gator that 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 Forster saw, and and she's like, that is impossible. <laughs> like, there's just no. She laughs them out of the. Yeah, brain. she's like, that's no, that's insane. It would be, it would starve to death. So that's right before the scene that we just talked about. So reporter gets all this information. He goes down into the tunnels with his camera. He picks up this boot, which is like, Hey bud, you're touching evidence. Like, come on. Also poop boot. Yeah, that is a poop. You're in the sewer. (laughs) Yes. That's a poop boot. But he takes a bunch of pictures of the poop boot. He's, he's also, so he takes a picture of this shopping cart that's down there for Mm -hmm, some reason. mm -hmm. And then starts like art departmenting it. Yes. And he's like, take, he's like moving things around. So like, this license plate is i'm like buddy yeah he's definitely staging the photo which i think is supposed to make you like okay with him getting eaten because he's a bad like cheaty reporter but i i I didn't get that mad about it i already didn't care i didn't care that he was i was like this guy's kind of an asshole right right and he as he's getting eaten by the gator is firing off his camera flashes Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, oh, damn, that'd be cooler. I thought it was just, a, I, I thought the flashes were just an artistic way to show him getting eaten. I was like, it's a shame that no one's going to find these photos. Right, right. But they 30 do. 30 seconds later. Well, this is a plot point right out of, I think, Jaws 2. Is it Jaws 2 or Jaws 3? It's in one of the Jaws movies, this exact sequence where the diver takes pictures of himself or herself getting eaten. And then the, the police I find the camera. I think it's the second one. Yeah, because the police find the camera and they're like, hey, look, proof I'm not crazy. It's a giant shark. Yeah. And so they like lay out all the photos and I'm like, this looks like the Tinder photo section for a very unconfident gator. (laughs) It's like an eye, just the mouth, Uh just an arm. Uh I'm like, if I have to... If I have to print out your photos and and lay them on the floor with with scotch tape to figure out what the fuck you look like, get out of here. Get I off was, my Tinder. I was just hearing in my head like that really generic '90s uh, song they would always play, like when characters would be changing outfits and be like, "Ah, work a girl, ah, work a girl," and the gator's just like <laughs> yeah. runway, like voguing. <laughs> it's like almost RuPaul music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, get my good side. <laughs> he, he, they, then he puts on the trench coat and fedora and he's like this is the outfit and he covers one eye <laughs> yes yeah I, I have a note that just says and just like <laughs> <laughs> didn't couldn't be bothered to finish my thought uh we get a really awesome set of gator picks in the newspaper that remind me of the um magazine birdies flipping through in jaws of just the like shark carnage Oh, yeah. Um, the one that Ellen finds when she right, sees right. the boat. We also didn't talk about this reporter did write a story about Forrester that like implicated him in the fact that his partner is missing because he had a previous partner go missing, which is a wild accusation to make in a newspaper. Also, he went to them for a quote, and then an hour later, the pr- the the article was published, which means there's no way that anything they say was going to make it into this article. Right, right. We get, uh, someone says spare no expense. And I got very excited. <laughs> and then the scientist is like, there's no way this gator could be huge. And I'm like, we're, the photos are right there. You're literally looking at pictures of it. What do you mean, lady? And so the, they treat the gator like Bane from Dark Knight Rises and send a bunch of SWAT team. <laughs> they really do. It's like every cop on the force in full gear. Yeah, it's crazy. Is this when... Oh, yeah. So the cops go down in the tunnel and they are banging pots and pans like it's New Year's it's Eve so for weird. some reason. And I guess that's supposed to, like, scare it out. Like, I think they're trying to flush it out to one exit point, but it doesn't they are, work. but I don't know how that doesn't work. Well, the gator just outsmarts them. And he... <laughs> this is the best... My fa- what tunnel? I don't understand. Like, if the t- if there's only... There's only so many tunnels underground. Right. But he he's he's got his secret gator tunnels. Uh, then I want to see that. I want to see the gator pulling a candelabra on the wall and like. <laughs> I, I want to see. I it. just think they are going down like the main channel, and he's on a small enough subsidiary that they're like he can't possibly be down there. It's too small because then he does his friggin' Hulk out. Well, these kids are playing baseball, which is a weird. It's not stickball. It's like actual baseball, street baseball, and the well, street hockey feels more like. 
Like street yeah. baseball, it feels weird. This is early for this would be very early for street hockey. Stickball was like a really prominent thing, but you would play with like a smaller bat and a ba- a ball that was less likely to shatter people's windows because you would play it on the street. Yeah, like our like pop up. Our grandfather tells stories of playing stick, but like playing ball games in the street where the, when he grew up in the in South Philadelphia, and it's like they sure as hell weren't playing with something that was going to break a window because someone would have gotten their ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe died. Right. And so they these kids that were playing like 10 feet away from a very nice looking car. And all of a sudden we get some Star Trek like camera tilt shakes. <laughs> Whoa. And the gator hulks out and pops through the concrete of a sewer, like uh, the access point for a sewer on the street just destroys the sidewalk. It's delightful. Yeah. So um, do you still call this and then an actual gator crawls out? Is this still considered miniature, or would this just be, like, would you just call this to scale? So I assumed this is a, like, it's not proper miniature. There is a term for what you're talking about, which I can't off, don't, I can't remember offhand. But it's basically, like, you make the set smaller to make the things you're putting in the set look bigger. Yeah, basically. It's a forced perspective set. But there's a film term for that, which is probably based on the scale size or whatever it is. And so instead of miniature, it's like quarter scale or something like that. Okay. But the, the gator is, is a full size alligator, probably like a 10 or 12 or 15 foot alligator. I don't, I have no idea how big it actually is, but it's a real alligator that looks enormous because of the way they shrink out the stuff around it. Yeah. And this leads to, and it's practical. (laughs) And then this leads to another delightful bit of practical business where a cop car comes careening around the road, smashes into another car and blows up. And then the cop drags himself out of the window because the car is destroyed. He he like can't open the door. And instead of climbing out the other side, you know, where there isn't a gator, (laughs) he's like, let me, let me crawl face the first out this window it's like the guy in austin powers just gets run over by a steamroller where it takes yes. like an abysmally long time for it to happen he's just screaming in terror it's like bud you made every wrong choice like roll under the car or crawl or do it shoot it just or just stay in your car right right well it's on fire but well, there's a, here's the thing. It's either eaten by a gator or blown up. There's Take a pick. There's a great explosion. It is a delightful old school explosion oh, yeah. here. And then this gator just swallows this guy whole, basically. And then this weird, shitty little kid that doesn't come back at all. Yeah. Runs upstairs, grabs a knife, and then goes out to chase the gator. Yes, with like a steak knife. And I just was like, I want this kid to get eaten. <laughs> well, th- so he goes down and Forrester and Robin Riker are there. And they like get the kid to give some details. And it's the first time in the history of the show that I was glad someone got an Uber out of the movie because I was like, Oh my God, if this becomes the two of them and this kid, I'm going to die. Like I can't, I cannot have this bad acting kid in the rest of the movie. And I wanted him to get eaten. (laughs) The kid is fine, but like, I just didn't want to spend 45 minutes with him is the problem. And search, mm-hmm. we got the greatest thing in the world. Our old pal is like, hey, hey, kid, it's awful dangerous out there. Why don't you let me take you to not this town and we'll get away from the gator. And then, mm-hmm. bye-bye. They Ubered well, out of the Well, that's the thing. They kill a kid later. I don't yes. know why they couldn't kill this kid. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a good point. I couldn't believe they killed the kid later. That was, I was stunning shocked. to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we... 
we get the details from the science to the scientists who's still not really believing this. And we cut to the cops are like patrolling this, the, the exit point of the waterway where they think the gator went. And they're just randomly like throwing dynamite into the water. Like the sea in jaws. Yeah. Except it, that kills fish. Yeah. And it's bad in general. And they're like, we're there's gonna a really s- great YouTube video. If you, um, Mark Rober on YouTube has a great video about, uh, can you survive a grenade blast underwater? The short answer is no, because the your lungs underwater are pressurized with the exact amount of oxygen they have in them and as soon as a bomb goes off all that gets compressed and you die huh well they're throwing these grenades in the water like willy-nilly and (laughs) i was like oh this is amazing but it's not quite as amazing as what happens 10 seconds later when robert forster like is disgusted by this act and starts walking up and there are like 10 merch guys who are popped up to sell gator merch in the they in the, worked fast yeah the one and they all have different stuff one guy's got stuffed animals one guy's got rubber ones another guy's got like t-shirts or something and then it leads to a guy who like calls him over and opens up the little box and i don't know this to be certain but i swear that this gator actor played two roles in this movie because I i'm positive so. this is oh, remote three Oh, yeah, three. You're right. Yeah, no spoilers. But yes, three. He plays three. That's impressive. That is a Peter Sellers in uh, Dr. Strangelove level of committing to, <laughs> to, to roles. I This man, this creature rather, was robbed at the Animal Oscars that year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Honestly, with all the... Our grandparents got us a lot of animal souvenirs. Yeah. Dead animal souvenirs. So we had like... A shark okay. jaw. <laughs> you have to be more specific, yes. Okay. Dead animal yeah. souvenirs sounds real weird. <laughs> I mean, like, it wasn't, it was, it was a shark jaw. There was a turtle, sh- a tortoise shell, uh, a baby gator head, not baby, like a teenage gator head and a puffer fish. And then a shark in a jar. And yeah. I'm a little surprised that baby gator was never a thing that got a brought live back one? to us. Yeah. Oh, that's because mom and dad would have been like, nope, and into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would have had a giant gator we, under our town. Yeah, we would have. Uh, we get some babble here about like samples of this dog's tissue, which leads the scientists believe that like crazy growth might be possible. Because it, the the whatever they've been injecting the dogs with makes the dogs grow, and the gator's just been e- exclusively eating these inf- like infected dogs. Right. Um, so we're immediately with cops rushing to a, a sighting of the gator. And this is around also, they bring 52. In a, they bring in a hunter to hunt the gator. And yeah, I, he's and th- a this shitty guy's... misogynist. And I was just like, yeah, I, I mean, he, he's, he needs he to get chomp. But this, this guy is not as big as I would want the big game hunter character to be. Yeah, I want. I said he needs like a pith helmet or like a tooth necklace. Yeah. Like, he needs I need the guy from Jumanji. I need Jumanji. Yes. Or um oh, there's a character in the Spider-Man universe whose name escapes me, who's like just he's like a big game hunter and he wears like pelts and stuff. He's got like a like saber-tooth necklace. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Like I need that. Yeah, he needs to be more ridiculous. He, or at least like a hunting vest. Like I got to have more on this guy. But mm-hmm. the cops, the cops go to rush to investigate a gator sighting, and this is about minute fifty-two of the movie. If you're if you're watching it, there's an 
extra in a yellow t-shirt who very nearly gets killed by a car and it does not look on purpose what he's like the car comes careening around the corner and this guy has to like hightail it out of the way of this very very quickly moving vehicle it does not look like a stunt per- Is like it a minute 52 about that yeah it's okay. either it's 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 like within a minute or two after that but it is either a very very competent stunt performance or someone almost dies in the year 1980 never right uh, and this leads to one of the like create like every th- what I like about this movie a lot is like there keeps being scenes that I'm like, well, that's the craziest part of the movie. And then like a little bit later, it tops that. So like first we had the gator pop out of the concrete and I was like, well, that was awesome. That was wild. Not going to top that. This is now we got gator in a pool <laughs> and hiding like, under floaties, like actively yeah. hiding under the floaties. Yeah, and it's like Chekhov's gator in the pool. Don't you worry, we're coming back to that to blow your mind in a minute. Meanwhile, we have more evil scientists being like, I don't have time to talk to you people. And this leads to Robert Forster getting kicked off the case. Actually, the force entirely he makes him turn his badge in. Yeah, because we find out that the mayor's in bed with Big Pharma. And the because he's like, we need to get rid of this. Co-. Oh, because the cop straight up says whatever that what was the breed of dog? Lhasa Apso. He the they go to question um you know Big Pharma Ken and he's like how how much would you pay for a hot Lhasa Apsa and I was like and they're like we got to get rid of this guy yeah yeah and so that's when Mister Six is like get rid of him and he Mister Six calls in the mayor to try to help mm-hmm. and as he's leaving he he goes to get the uh, the speak and spell countdown and a comic book dynamite bundle like a text yeah, a Avery cartoon dynamite bundle. it's a it's a lego bundle <laughs> yeah but this scene is straight out of hot fuzz he's like let me just raid the evidence closet no one's gonna worry about that yeah i feel like when 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 a cop gets fired they like walk him out like right. he doesn't just get to like <laughs> do <laughs> take, his own thing take your time bud don't worry about it you're cool we like you uh so they team up uh he teams up rather with robin Riker. And the two of them are uh, searching the sewer and they find this like really gnarly dog corpse in the tunnel. The dog corpse was too high. Yes. It's like for some g- reason it was at like head height, like human head height. Yeah, I was imagining the gator getting up on his hind legs and being like carefully spreading it out up there. Like smushing it up in there. Yeah. But the guy who's with them is like the sewer employee that somehow they got to go down with them. And he, he's like... That's it. I'm using the rest of my vacation. At least in Florida, the gators stay in the swamps. And he goes like running out of the thing. Yep. I, I love it. Like there's that was just a great line. So many little delightful lines in this. Uh, and this is where we uh, see that the scientist that I called Ken earlier is going to be the future mm. son-in-law of Mr. Six. And it looks like yeah. Mr. Six wants to fuck his son-in-law. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's more like I'm grooming this guy to take over my criminal enterprises. See, I had a daughter and no son, so I gotta get a guy in here to take over the business. I've given him the business. Right. And the mayor's there, and Mr. Six is like, oh, you know what? We will we will be putting a bounty on the head of uh, this gator. And the mayor's like, well, we can't do that. And he's like, I'm gonna pay for it. And the mayor's like, I guess we can do that then. All right, money. We cut to a weird-ass late-night children's costume party. Oh, also that conversation with Mr. Six and the and the mayor sets up the wedding seat. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a we- wedding, wedding. Is soon. Yeah, sorry. But yes, it's a children's... I guess it's a Halloween party. 
Is it Halloween time? We don't know that, but that would make sense. It's still early it enough for a link, wedding. Because I feel like children's parties aren't are like like four to six. Not typically at night. Right. Yeah, it's like right. seven yeah, exactly. o'clock. There's is no like question the marks. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Because when I say children, I mean like seven, eight, nine. Like they're right. young. Right. And they're they're doing like a pirate thing. Like two of them are dressed like pirates, and they're making another kid walk the plank blindfolded. <laughs> And then they, so it's dark in the backyard and they walk the kid onto the plank, AKA the diving board. And he gets to the end of it. He's about to walk off and the lights click on and you see he the lifts, gator. Underneath. He lifts the blindfold a little bit. So he sees the yeah. gator and tries yes. to look, no, no, no. And they think he's just being a little pansy. <laughs> yes. So they shove him yeah. in the water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he gets got. I did not think this movie had it in it. I could not believe that they did this horrible, nasty murder of a child. Like, this is way worse than Alex Kittner. Way worse. Also, because those two children have to live with that for the rest of their life. Right, they murdered this kid. And it's like, the whole pool turns red, too. Like, a lot of blood. Yeah. Um, Because it's a movie, the the scientist and the cop have to fall in love. Right. Here's the thing. It's an hour and 27 minutes, this movie. Yeah. And I still feel like they wasted too much time. Like, <laughs> I would rather have more alligator. three minutes less of this and three minutes more of the wedding sequence. Oh, my God. There's no <laughs> way you didn't have more wedding. No, There's I know. No there has to give me, ang- give me angles. Like, give me the same thing from two angles. Like, there, you, there's no way they didn't shoot that to death. Like, I'll take three to five more minutes of the wedding sequence. Yeah, Thank you very the much. Stupid romance and just show me wedding crocodile carnage. Right. Gator carnage. And it would be totally fine for her to shower because she fell in the sewer. And I would also want to shower. Like, it's fine. Also, her shirt, she comes out of the shower, and the whole top half of her shirt is soaking wet. And I was like, did you not dry off at all? Well, her hair is soaking wet. Like, she's drying it with a towel, but it's just dripping everywhere. Your hair, you can can towel that off more before you put a shirt on. There's options here. You could do the, like, tie it up in the towel thing. The turban-y thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so... They get, like, they, they get they go down to bone town we can just, but we he can just asks, leave it there he's so weird and creepy and i didn't this i just didn't like this because he was like if i take you to dinner i'm just gonna be thinking the whole worried the whole time like is she gonna come spend the night and i was like what i mean what I, happen- I kind of respected him for being this upfront about his intentions to be honest with you of just being like straight up like hey i'd love to have sex with you would you be interested but in that once again this is a giant gator movie yeah yeah like, there was no scene of Chief Brody being like, hey, what a fuck? Like, <laughs> That's because it's like, only three men on the be, boat. He wasn't like, hey, Ellen, and then, like, lifted his shirt to show he's Donald Duck in it. Uh, actually, there is explicitly a scene in Jaws where she starts drinking and she says, want to get drunk and fool around? Oh, you mean a one-off line from a married couple? <laughs> Just saying. The Brody's... You can't use... The Brodies get down to the business, is all I'm saying. They They got multiple kids. They get down to business. Yeah, then make them already married. I don't care. (laughs) Like, I don't need you to shoehorn a romance into my giant gator movie. Yeah, I'm with you. I actually think the two of them have pretty good chemistry, which is unusual. Yeah, they do. We learn the truth about what happened to his partner, that he got shot with his gun because he gave it to the criminals who... We're really holding a roll of pennies. And I was like, I can't possibly care. Yeah. Where is my gator? <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with you. I kind of, part of the reason I think this movie really works is like, I care about Robert Forster, not the same level, but in the way that I care about Hooper, Quint and Brody, like I know who he is. He's not a cardboard cutout. And I think if you take away too much of the stuff in here, and I agree with you, they don't need, I don't need that. They, the sex part I do not need, but some of this dialogue I do think is critical into making this movie good. Like I think if you make him too much of a cardboard cutout, you're down to a sci-fi movie. And that's the problem with those movies is like it's cardboard cutouts getting eaten. And I want to, I want to make sure I care that he doesn't get eaten. You know what I mean? That's true. The hunter finds a group of kids in, in, yeah, this scene sucks. And he's like, Hey, I'll pay you $10 a day to help me find this gator. And I was like, this is weird. And he calls them native guides. And then the one. Oh, I missed that. Oh, oh yeah. He says, he says, I'll need native guides. And then the one says, I get $20. And he's like, the chieftain makes himself present. And I'm just like, okay, I really want to watch you get eaten by a gator because you're the worst kind of colonizer. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, oh, he should be dressed like the guy from Jumanji. Right. Yeah, no, he absolutely is the guy from Jumanji. Right. And so they're like, oh, here's the movie plot, movie plot, movie plot. The gator's probably down this way. And he's like, right. oh, well, you'll all have to come with me. And they're like, absolutely not, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I, I don't want to go into the scary crime alley. That's where they killed Batman. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's where Batman's parents died <laughs> that's what happened to i hope gator. you're not wearing a pearl necklace bub because you've done the, gator, the baby gator was walking home with his mom and dad and her pearl necklace and then a hunter came along <laughs> and shot mom and dad and the pearls scattered Would as love the baby it. gator got scooped up and taken to florida absolutely delightful add it to the movie please <laughs> the gator's just straight up hiding in the garbage like there's like plastic yes. trash bags on him and he's yes. just like Hey, trash gator, trash gator. Jonathan Hyde, by the way, is the actor Thank you. in in Juanji. He's also in Titanic and a bunch of other stuff. There's a shadow gator that like backs up. And so the hunter goes after him and he gets got so good. Yeah, it's a really this is the first real good chomping of this movie. And it comes a little too late for my taste, but it's very good. But it happens to, like, if anyone's going to be the first chomping, I want it to be this guy. Oh, yeah. This th- this guy won Scientist Boy number two, Mr. Six number three. Yes. Um, uh, he gets he, he basically gets, swallows him whole. Yeah, he gets quinted, basically. Yes, that is 100% what it is. So now, for some reason, because the movie decided we need tension, Robert Forrester yells at Robin Riker. Yeah, this part sucks. And, like, they're in a diner... <laughs> What are we doing? Right. The two cops are like, you know, he, they know each other or whatever. And he's like, oh, they're like, oh, the gator hunter got killed. And then he like decides to get mad at her for no reason. And then all this it like it's it's one of the things that like makes no sense in a movie like this where you're going to there's probably like a scene in the middle that got cut. But it basically literally back to back scenes are go away, you dumb lady. And then the fu- subsequent scene is, I'm really sorry I was mean to you. It's like 45 minutes. Yeah, there's a, there's a, in between, there's a weird red filter flashback of, of blonde partner getting eaten by the croc, the gator. Right. Props for them making the fact that it was a dream sequence known. Well, it wasn't a dream sequence. It was just a filter. It was like a memory. 
Right, but I'm saying that just like reminding you, like, hey, this is a dream. It's not real. You know how I feel about dream sequences. It was a flashback to a previous scene in the movie. I know, but I'm just saying, you know what people get confused? You would have gotten confused and been like, he's dying again. I might have had 45 beers watching your movie. This is the right kind of movie for that. (laughs) And so he goes to meet the doctor's mom. And for some reason, they're like, she's crazy. Well, she has like Alzheimer's is the problem. Like, because earlier we saw her, we heard her on the phone telling the doctor, like, it's a school night. And the doctor had to be like, I'm the teacher, mom. Remember? Like, Oh, I didn't get dementia, Alzheimer's. I got crazy. No, I think it like was like kooky crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably what they were going for, but I just took it to Sad Town. But I do want to point out a nice little thing here from Robert Forrester. He sits down, she makes him a cup of coffee. He picks up the pitcher at cream and he just gives it a quick sniff test to make sure it's okay before he puts it in his coffee. And I was like, that's a man who got bad cream in his coffee in real life and made that a habit that he didn't know he did. I am sure of it. (laughs) This is a man who picked up a milk at craft services and poured chunks into his coffee and didn't realize it. I guarantee it. A hundred percent. The worst is when you do that with a cereal bowl. When you like go to pour milk on your, you're like, I want to have a bowl of cereal and you go to pour and it's the chunks. You're like, God damn it. I've never had actual chunks. I've had milk sour that I took a bite of something and was like, whoa, but I've never had actual chunks of milk. Yeah, I guess I've never had real chunks. Not poured out, by the way. Yeah. So he pushes her onto his bed and he's like, you're a great scientist with beautiful tits. And I was like, what's happening? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's her bed. Giant (laughs) gator. I wish you could people people could see him push his chair back and scream with his arms wide of like help me. I don't want to blow their ears out, but again, my me studio executive like <laughs> what are we doing? Where's the gator? <laughs> Unless you're gonna cut to under their bed and there's a gator under there. <laughs> that would be amazing. We, it would be the best part of the movie if the gator was hunting them like Michael Myers style. This would be a <laughs> ten star movie. She looks out the window and there's a laundry line and there's a gator out there. It's like a big fat gator on his. He's like, hey. <laughs> the gator like poses as a lamp. <laughs> it's got a lampshade over its snout. No, she's no, she's in the bathtub, and as she's laying there, the gator head pops up in her bath. Yes. And then sinks back down. <laughs> like Freddy's glove. Yeah, it's Freddy's glove. He like unspools out of the drain. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's, we leave that scene blessedly and uh, speedboats and guns versus a gator. Yes. They're firing like AK or M16 type rifles at this gator. And then somehow the gator is able to like, it keeps like going down and popping up and going down, popping up and they're shooting at it. It's somehow able is to like, rise out of the water in directly in front of the boat. And so the boat hits it. It does no damage to the gator, but the boat launches into space, basically. (laughs) And then we cut, we see there's this crash zoom on the boat being full of explosives that we didn't know were there. And it explodes. Yes, it's amazing. Like he, the guy picks up a hand grenade and he's like gonna That's throw it at it the grenader. Yeah, yeah. He, he's good. I said grenader. He's gonna throw it at the gator, and then he like the boat falls and he drops the live grenade into the box of grenades, which I feel is like a pretty solid action movie trope of like one grenade into a box of grenades is a thing. Yeah, and then it makes the explosion enormous. I imagine that you don't store grenades in boxes for that specific reason. 
I have absolutely no idea, but you do often see them in like little compartmentized boxes, almost like an egg carton sort of setup. Or like <laughs> yeah, a case of you're beer. right. There's the egg carton. Yeah. And then this leads to this. So it's like it reminded me of this uh, video game Maneater, which is a shark based game I've been playing for the last you, month or so. <laughs> this is the second or third time you brought it up on the pod. Yeah, well, this is like directly out of Maneater. Like you cause the boat to blow up and then there's like one guy trying to swim away and the gator just comes and chomps both his legs off. So he's just like got these two little stumps of flailing. It's some primo getting eaten to death acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. This guy could theoretically survive, but probably doesn't. Yeah, no, no, no. You would need to get help right away. And then we cut to the rich people wedding and I was like, are we going to get a bunch of rich people getting eaten by a gator? Yes. This, you told me that like the last 20 minutes of this movie is amazing and I don't disagree with you at all, but this is like some of the finest monster movie nonsense and mayhem I've ever seen. Oh yeah. That's what I mean. This is the last 20. Yeah, no, but this oh. in particular, this five minute wedding sequence, I, you could have, it's like, why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? Why don't you make the whole movie out of that? Gator the whole wedding? movie should have been. <laughs> it should be just this. I would the watch second an hour and a half of this. should have been wedding carnage. It's so um, good. For some reason, Mr. Six is grilling at the grill in his white tux. Yes. You can't understand a word he's saying. He's babbling incoherently about, like, getting the wood and the wood making the meat good and blah, 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 blah. And everyone's just kind of, like, humoring him. Meanwhile, he's grilling, like, three-pound porterhouses. They're, like, a phone book thick, like an old 80s or 90s phone book thick, not a current phone book. And uh, then we get this awesome shot of the smell of the things, like, wafting into the woods, sort of Tex Avery style. But you know what annoyed me is that it wasn't so they pan over to the bushes and I was like, oh, the gator's going to like lift his head a little yeah. bit. But they like dissolved to where the gator was. And I was like, oh, probably oh. because the puppet didn't work well enough. There's probably like a puppet problem, I would imagine. Well, I don't, it doesn't have to move. It could just be in the bushes. Yeah. But he pops out. He eats this maid like instantly. Who's there? <laughs> yeah. Like for, like dressed like a screams. French maid. Yeah. They're all yes. it's, it's very knives out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's very Clue. <laughs> yeah, it's Clue. I was listening. The gator looks so good. It yeah, just, he, like, looks so good. It's like a delight. It's exactly what you want out of a movie with the title Alligator. Like, he's tail whipping people. The guy goes flying into a whole cake, which I want to add the wedding to my cake list of things I would smashed. like to do as a movie extra. Yeah. <laughs> to be, uh, the bride the guy gets pushed into the, the pool. Yes, yes. There's an awesome tail whip where he hits a guy and he goes flying and he does like a cross body block wrestling style and takes out two people into the pool. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> he like totally tackles two people. He eats a bunch of people. One of the, There's uh, the, a couple maids, uh, a violin player, a, a, a band player. Yeah. I wanted a scene where he ate a double, like an upright bass, a double bass. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i wanted like the bass player to like throw it and the gator just like <laughs> and just turn it into splinter like toothpicks that's what i really wanted no i want him to eat a like a baby grand yeah i'm, like, I'm fine with someone that. tries to like like they're they're flapping the top at the gator and yeah then the yeah, yeah. Like, chomp and you hear that classic like smashed piano sound yeah i would love that too mr six abandons his daughter and son-in-law yes and the mayor for so yeah, I was like, they're like running away, basically hand in hand. And then when he gets to his car, he shoves the mayor yes. and gets inside. And I was like, you're he why? 
Why? <laughs> it doesn't. It makes no sense. And then he's like frantically scre- screaming at his driver to like drive away, and the guy can't because the gator has arrived, eats the mayor, like swallows him whole, which is delightful, and In then just tail whips the, the head. Yes. <laughs> and then I don't know why he decides to destroy the car with and not eat it. It makes no sense. But he like he hits the windshield like six times until it, it's gone. That kills the driver. Then he crushes the car like he gets on top of it practically and swishes it. And Mr. Six like slowly lays down and dies. It's weird. I, it's I wanted so Mr. Odd. Six to get a more visceral death of like harm. I almost wonder if the actor was like big enough and had enough clout that he was like, I'm not getting inside an electronic gator. Sorry. <laughs> you got to kill me a different way. I ain't doing that. So then uh, the 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 cop and the scientist get I to just, the front. We talked about it at length, but I just, I cannot tell you how much that sequence rules. Like, it's it is so I, good. If, if just that sequence is on YouTube, treat yourself to watching it. Or just scroll through the whole movie and find it, because it's only, it's like about like about 20 minutes from the end. Yeah. But it is it is an utter, it's utter delight. The, and one it's one of the best sequences. And and a thing that like I think a lot of modern movies that are trying to do 80s retro get wrong is like really making the gore super yucky. It's not super yucky. Like there's blood and stuff, but it's not like gross severed limbs all over the place. It's just like a gator trashes a wedding and it's everything you yeah, want it to be. It's one leg. One The maid's one leg is down, like down inside the body of the puppet. All the rest of her is out and she's thrashing covered in blood. That's right. That's it. That's right, all. right. And, but like, like corn syrupy looking fake blood in the good way. Like I just, everything about this rules. I'm sorry. You can go on, but I just, that sequence makes this movie worth watching 10 times over. I agree. Um, so the, the scientist and the detective pull up to the front gate and they're like, we got, you have to let us in. There's a gator coming. And the guy's like, let me see your invitation. Are you supposed to be here? And I was like, and they're like, the gator's coming. And I was like, no, the gator's here. How does the front <laughs> gate, like, there should be a flood of people trying to get through this gate. Right. Everybody should be fleeing in terror at the giant gator. We don't get to watch the young pharmaceutical asshole get eaten, which bothers me. Yeah, I, I feel like that must be like a scenes deleted situation. But man, what a bummer. Yeah, it should have. We should have gotten a close up of the of the groom. The groom should have pushed the bride in the pool to get away. Yes, because like she gets knocked in by people, but it should have been him. Like, get out of my way and shoves right. her. Right. So they're like, we were right. The gator is going back to the sewers. And I was, and within three seconds, Robert Forster finds the gator again. I was like. Okay, well, it feels like we're just kind of rushing this. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like they, they were like, all right, we shot the wedding sequence. Oh, shit. We have one day left to finish the movie. Everybody hurry. You got to run Serpentine from a gator. If I learned anything from the extre- the worst case scenario survival handbook, it's always Serpentine. Right, right. Um, so he's he's down in the sewers and he pulls out a gas mask, which was alluded to earlier as something that would be helpful in the sewers because they were full of methane. So it's like, oh, it's going to make this gator explosion way better. Well, yeah, I was like, oh, we, I thought he was going to uh, like toss a match down there. But then I remembered right. the dynamite and I was like, oh, we're, we're, you know, combining things. Ties the dynamite to the to the little ladder thing and the gator tail whips his mask off. Yes, like very precisely tail whips his mask off. It's weird. It's like he's the, it's like a whip. Yeah. So he climbs up. Oh, he had told he had told the the scientist to like make sure this manhole cover is clear and go get the chief. But an old lady has parked yeah. her car on it. <laughs> so the scientist and comes back and it's <laughs> pounding on this door like 
lady, you gotta move your car. And the woman is like not listening. And so she rips the door open, shoves the woman across, and then throws it in reverse. And I was like, yes, we don't have like- enough old lady shoving in movies. <laughs> like, we need it's more like of that. A, it- it's like a two or three minute sequence where there's a garbage truck that's like very slowly emptying a dumpster and they're like frantically back at the window. But just the moment of like Robert Forrester getting to the manhole cover, putting a shoulder in and starting to lift it and this lady's tire rolling right over it. I was howling with laughter. Like it's such it's a brilliant. delightful way to create this obstacle at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's so good. And that goes uh, back to what I said at the beginning is like, it's just well written. Like that is a that is a well written visual joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows the old lady drives away so he can get out and they blew the fuck up out of a real fake croc <laughs> yeah they really did and it also like the there's a sewer entrance and the manhole cover and there's like a huge vertical plume of fire out the manhole cover and then <laughs> out the sewer weird. cover it looks way bigger than it was supposed to be like, yeah. on the street level it's well, a it's, huge it's fireball kind of a Goonies moment where like four other manhole covers launch yes yes and, and one like, car oh. blows up <laughs> like a blue right. car like down the street yeah. yeah uh the chief is like hey you made it you're back on the force and i was like it's weird that there's no like crop of baby crocodile stinger and then as i was writing that note we like slow zoom on a sewer and i, and I was like oh wait a minute and then another yeah, i thought it was going to be eggs yeah yeah I and that is eggs. our friend's third role in this movie yeah, I did too. Like Godzilla. I also loved, I thought the movie was going to end. They like pull, the two of them like are talking, Robin Riker and Robert Forrester, and they're like talking while looking down the the manhole thing, and then they pull the manhole cover across, and it looks like it's going to be like credits. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is the first manhole cover close end movie in the history of cinema. It's got to be. Frankly, I wish they did do that because it was great. I was like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. But the, I like the little gator tease. There is apparently a sequel to this in 91, but there's just no way it's as fun as this. No way. Yeah. Um, I think by virtue of the fact that it's not a guarantee, but it's almost a certainty that this will be our longest episode ever. I know the answer to this question is it's obvious. It's longer than the movie. Well, it's definitely longer than the movie, but that's not a new thing. But Splash clocked in at an hour 46, which we're just at now. We haven't done the closing. So we lose a little editing, but I feel like we have a new title for longest ever. Highest of recommends for me. High recommend. Even if it wasn't free on YouTube, even if you had to pay for it, it would be worth it to watch this movie. It is an absolute treat. It's a hoot. So much fun. I love a that animal's not where it's supposed to be movie in general. This is a super, super fun one. Practical yeah. effects galore. Robert Forrester is great. Robin Riker is great. Uh, uh, Gazzo, who we talked about earlier from The Godfather, he's great. This is just so fun to watch. Like, highly, highly a great time at the movies kind of movie. I didn't have to think about anything else for an hour and a half. It was a treat to watch this movie. It was it was so lovely. And it, it's such a rare treat for us to get to watch something good on this show. Yeah. Although we've been doing better lately. This honestly is like right at the cross section of it's new to us. It's totally insane. And it's delightful. 
that I yes. like that's the perfect episode of this show. There aren't that many movies like that, unfortunately. But man, this is a hoot. Like so much fun. If you've never seen this, you 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 deserve it. You deserve it to out. take a peek. It's, yeah. a, it's an hour and 27 minutes. Like you yeah. can take the time. It does have a, quite a bit of fake blood and there are like a couple of loose body parts, but it is not very yucky. Like I would say it's less gross than Jaws is. Yeah, I think so. So if you if you can tolerate a Jaws, you can watch this. It is a truly delightfully fun movie. One of one of my favorites. I uh, I'm glad we switched the order because I think I now have my decision for my uh, Hall of Fame pick. It is really <laughs> really delightful. So uh, yeah, a true treat. Uh, thank thank you for listening to this, and I hope that you watch it because it is it is truly a fun one. Mm-hmm. Any other closing thoughts before we wrap up? No, this is rad as hell. Yeah. Uh, highly highly agree so happy happy 40th anniversary to alligator a real true treat of a movie thank you for listening to the show don't forget to check us out on patreon patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s check out the podcast republic app if you're on an android device uh dissecting the 80s.com at dissect the 80s on twitter and facebook.com slash dissecting the 80s we would love to hear from you and if you haven't done it review the show and if you review it somewhere other than itunes just uh, send a screenshot to dissecting the 80s at gmail.com i get updates automatically from itunes when we get reviews but i can't do that for every uh site out there so if you write a review and you want me to read it send it to me dissecting the 80s at gmail.com thank you so much for listening to the show we really really appreciate it uh, we will be back in two weeks, August 24th, with Xanadu to close out season six of the podcast, which is crazy. Wow. Thank you so much for listening. I have been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.